All right, welcome back to uh, the Hutchinson Report Town Hall, the air. All right, we have about, what, three to five minutes where we do kind of a little bus person's tour of news and events, things that I think, not Leroy, I think were significant during the week. And we try to give a little capsulized summary of it and uh, a survey of what's up in the news. All right, Chicago. Leroy, I have been in tears. I have been in deep mourning about my city. The Windy City, Chi-Town, I have been crying and crying to you. Not the first time, by the way, I've shed tears. Uh, the shootings, the killings, the mayhem, I have to tell you, it's personal, Leroy. It's only, the fact, the latest one was on 79th Street. Um, I lived in one, I lived in three places in Chicago growing up. I lived on 80th, right off of, at that point in time, it was South Parkway. It's now Dr. Martin Luther King Drive. I live literally a few blocks from where a lot of the mayhem is happening. So, you know, I take it personal. Yes, I do. I do take it personal. I have uh, many of my periodic visits back to the old neighborhood. And I like to, you know, kind of stroll down memory lane, relive the childhood. I think about the Chicago I remember growing up. We had great communities then. Yeah, it was a segregated city, but it didn't matter. People watched everyone. You know, you could go out. It was safe to play. Back in that in the day, you know, we're talking years and years ago. You know, it was a community that really cared, that really watched out for children, senior citizens, protected life, respected life. It was a productive community, despite everything and all the towering odds. And to see what's happening now and continues to happen, it breaks my heart to no end. I've reached out, uh, Leroy, and we're going to continue to reach out to a number of the uh, community groups. There are groups there, by the way, on the ground working to stop the violence. I mean, really in the trenches doing great work there. And uh, there are two that come to mind. I'm not going to get into details now, but my organization, the L.A. Urban Policy Roundtable, we've reached out to them. I'll be having conversations with them today. Stay tuned on that because we're going to do everything we can within our small, little, modest way, you know, to, to stand up, to bear witness, to have a presence there. And we figured out a couple of ways to do that, so we'll make some announcements about that. All right. Economics 101, Leroy. Uh, if you have money in a working person, if a working person has money in his or her pocket, what do they do? After they buy food, pay rent, and the basic necessities, they go and they buy things. They go to Target. They go to Walmart. They go to Macy's. Well, you know, department stores, hardware stores, retail stores. In other words, this walk up the food chain, every dollar spent there does one thing. One, it encourages producers to produce more, buy and sell. The second thing is that means more employment. Uh, the third thing, it means more tax dollars for state, local, and national governments. When workers cannot buy, I mean, this is not rocket scientists, and it's not Keynes, Keynesian economics. You do what? You depress the economy, not stimulate the economy. Why can't the GOP understand that? Why can't McConnell understand that? Why are you dilly-dallying over putting money in workers' pockets, i.e. unemployment insurance, right, Vino, uh, i.e. a greater stimulus? They did that, by the way, in uh, Denmark. They did that in Sweden. They did that in Germany. And look what happened. Boom. Uh, small businesses putting money there, not Leroy's big corporate CEO, Trickle fat down. cat corporations, no. and the multi-billionaires. They need money like I need a hole in the head. So, again, McConnell, the GOP, playing with workers' lives. But not only that, playing with the economy. 
Are you trying to sink this economy? Are you trying to bring on another 1930-style Great Depression? Is that what you're trying to do? We don't know when COVID's going to end. We don't know if it is going to end. We don't know when the shutdowns are going to be unshut down. We don't know anything. But we do know one thing. Without money, without to pay rent, without the money to buy the necessities, i.e., food, shelter, and clothing, and then a little bit left over for, you know, the pleasures of life. Yeah. I got to tell you, you got nothing. Yeah. All right. We made the call last week for Mayor Eric Garcetti. That's L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti, the Los Angeles City Council, to do one thing. Name a public space after John Lewis, the John Lewis Square. We have no public space in L.A., we got enough of the old Confederate monuments. You know, we still got a few of those around, by the way, even in L.A., believe it or not. No John Lewis Square. We don't need to go into who John Lewis is, what he represented, and his monumental legacy. The fact of the matter is we need a public place. We're making that call again. Let the mayor know. Let your city council person know. A public place. We're not going to pick and choose. There are plenty of public places around a John Lewis Square as a teaching monument for generations to come about the life, legacy, not just of Lewis, but the Lewises that made us, namely the monumental contribution and certainly valor and struggle in the civil rights movement. We need a John Lewis Square. Mr. Mayor, uh, Mr. and Ms. City Council, get busy on that. We need it now. John Lewis, by the way, Leroy, will be laying in state at the Capitol Rotunda. I don't know how many days, and of course, announcements will be made about what I'm sure will be a massive, almost state funeral, and he deserves that. Um, your favorite president, <laughs> Donald Trump. Yep. All of a sudden now, you know what he thinks about immigrants. He doesn't even want to make them anything. <laughs> that they can't vote, they can't do anything. Here's a prediction, Vino. As we get closer to the election and his desperation, Trump, his desperation level rises. You're going to see things come the latter part of September. You're going to see things in October. I have no hair. It will make my <laughs> hair stand on its head. You're going to see every dirty trick, yeah. every lie, every manipulation, everything in the book. They are going to throw the book. Joe Biden's oh, going to. Yeah. By the time they get through with Joe Biden, you'll think he's Joe Stalin, V.I. Uh, 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 Lennon, oh, yeah. Fidel Castro, oh, yeah. Karl Marx. Yeah. By the time they get through with him, yeah. uh, it's going to be ugly. What's going on in, in, in Portland? Why are the feds in Portland? No, it's not. No, it's not fake news. Why is the fed? Why do you have federal agents up there mucking up everything in a democratic city? Well, I just think it's a nasty question. Well, it might be a nasty question, but you know your answer is even nastier, Trump. The fact of the matter is, Leroy, have you noticed? I don't see Trump threatening to send federal troops, federal marshals, federal paramilitary everything to Republican-controlled cities. No I wonder why. Why they all happen to be Democratic cities. Very curious. Let's keep our eye on that. A final thing. Pick up the L.A. Times tomorrow. A big op-ed. Biden faces pressure to pick up a to pick a black woman as his running mate. Who should it be? You know, there's a, a short list that Joe Biden has of five African-American women, and the pressure is huge. Now, since he boxed himself in, he's got to pick a woman, right? Yeah. And, of course, the subset of that is not just a woman, but a woman of African-American ancestry. You've got Val Demings. You've got uh, the mayor of Atlanta, Mayor Bottoms. You've got Stacey Abrams. You've got Susan Rice. You've got our own Karen Bass. And, of course, Kamala Harris. This op-ed walks you through the strengths and the weaknesses of every black female potential 
VP. Take a look at that. That's tomorrow or Monday. I'm not sure which. Uh, opinion section, Biden faces pressure to pick a black woman as his running mate. And guess who pinned it? Oh, nice. In, ca- in case you, you didn't know. There you go. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the Hutchinson Report podcast take of the week. Be right back. The Hutchinson Report. There will be major battles within the Senate, the House, Congress, and the White House, whoever the president is. Your host, Earl Afari Hutchinson. We got to cut this. We got to cut that. We got to raise taxes. Why? Because you've got to raise that money somewhere, and we know 1% corporate cronies. They're not going to pay their share. Tune into the Hutchinson Report, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Once again, it falls back on the shoulder of guess who? Joe and Jane, blue collar and poor person. There is no free lunch. Right here on KPFK. 